Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast for December 2nd, 2019. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, a plan in which he intends to establish a government at the end of time with the people that he is preparing at the moment. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to share it with your family and friends. And if you'd like to support us, you could visit us at patreon.com or visit our website, www.templeoftruth.us. We're also on Facebook and our handle on Facebook is Emerging Temple. If you go to patreon.com, search in, also search um, and type in Emerging Temple and you should be able to find us to support us. We are now broadcasting on um, online radio um, through Google Play, Google Music, um, Apple iTunes, and other platforms, um, Spotify, etc. You can visit our website to get a full range of what other platforms that you can get our broadcast on by online radio. All right. So um, today is Monday, and um, last week we ended up um, talking about the law. And we promised that we would continue uh, with a study on the law so that we can have a better understanding of, you know, where we are as regards the Old Testament law and, you know, how it was supposed to help us bring us to the age of grace in which we now stand. But the, the scriptures of the Old Testament are still relevant because they act as a kind of pointer. They're like an indicator to something more profound at this time. And so we're going to take it easy. We're going to take it, you know, slowly. And, you know, I thought we should go to the beginning, um, right after, you know, God has given the Ten Commandments and the Church of Israel have come out of Egypt. And as he now begins to prepare the priesthood that will act as a sort of intermediary between God and the people. And um, we, we decided, you know, you know, to do this, because of a lot of questions that many of you have been asking um, about some of the things we've been teaching um, regarding the law. And so I thought maybe if we began to understand how the law applies today at this time, it will become easier to understand our teaching because a lot of us understand the law based on the mindset that the people of the Old Testament had. And you can't have that kind of mindset, except, of course, as it, as it refers to the moral laws. And if you've been following us, we talked about the distinction of the difference between the moral laws and the uh, traditional or ceremonial laws. But we're not saying that the traditional ceremonial laws are meaningless. What we're trying to do now, starting today, is to try to bring to you the profundity of what those of traditional ceremonial laws indicate to what they're pointing to as it relates to you and Jesus Christ, you and your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Okay. So like I said, um, this is, this is going to be a slow teaching over time and we won't stop until we get that witness inside of ourselves that the time has come to stop, you know, the teaching on this subject, this subject about the law. Today, we're going to concentrate on the priests. We're going to concentrate on the first priest um, raised by God among the children of Israel, Aaron and his two sons. 
actually he had four sons, but he started with two of them who, you know, the, for their own acts, you know, got killed in the temple, um, Nadab and Abihu, and later on their brothers Eliezer and Ithama took over. But for, for now, it's the it's the it's the sons of Aaron, okay? And we're going to see how Aaron is a type of Christ, and the two sons are a type of the elect of God, okay? And the rest of the children of Israel or the or the other you know you know tribes represent the rest of the church, okay? So let's 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 take this again. If you recall in the book of um, Exodus, when Moses was God was calling on Moses, um, and Moses and God were going back and forth, and whether Moses felt he was capable or not capable, one of the things God said to Moses is that, you know, that Moses was going to be as God to Pharaoh. And I think later on there's a place where God tells Moses that God, Moses was going to be as God um, before you know, to the children of Israel, okay? So you see Moses guiding Aaron and Aaron's sons, you know, in how they ought to conduct themselves, you know, within the tabernacle, with the um, items in the, in the tabernacle, those seven items you and I probably went over, if, if you've been with us for a while, we went over those items, the seven golden lampstands, the table of showbread, etc. But now we're going to look at the consecration of the priests and how they're symbolic of Christ and the church most especially of Christ and the sons of God, the government that will rule with Christ when he comes on earth, which we are all hoping we can find ourselves in. Okay? So let's start off by um, doing a little study and taking a look at um, the book of Exodus. And we'll go from um, chapter 29. Okay? All right. I titled this The Law of the Priesthood, an analysis of the relationship between the old priesthood and that of Christ and the church. So from Exodus chapter 29, from verse 1 to 9, I'm going to read this. And this, this is Moses, this is God speaking to Moses about what should be done. It says, and this is the thing that thou shalt do unto them, to hallow them, to minister unto me in the priest's office. Let me move this up a little bit. Take one young bullock, which is a bull, and two rams without blemish. I want you to notice that I underlined here, one young bullock, two rams without blemish. Later on, we're going to see that God is going to add two lambs to this. Okay? So it says, and unleavened bread and cakes, unleavened tampered with oil and, wa and wafers, unleavened, anointed with oil of wheaten flour, shall thou make them. I'm sorry about that. There's a line across, so I couldn't really see that very clearly. Okay? All right. And thou shalt put them into one basket and bring them into, bring them in the basket with the bullock and the two rams. And Aaron and his sons thou shalt bring unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and shall wash them with water. And thou shalt take the garments and put upon Aaron the, on Aaron the coat and the robe of the effort and the effort and the, and the breastplate and give him with the curious girdle of the effort. And thou shalt put the mitre upon his head and put the holy crown upon the mitre. 
Then shalt thou make the anointing oil and pour it upon his head and anoint him. And thou shalt bring his sons and put coats upon them. And thou shalt gird them with girdles, Aaron and his sons, and put the bonnets on them. And the priest's office shall be theirs for a perpetual statute. And thou shalt consecrate Aaron and his sons. Okay. So let's see what we have here. God tells Moses, take Aaron, the high priest, and his two sons. Now, on verse 5, he says, And thou shalt take the garments and put upon Aaron the coat and the robe of the effort and the effort and the breastplate, breastplate and gird him with the curious girdle of the effort. And thou shalt put the mitre upon his head and put the holy crown upon the mitre. So notice here, we're talking about three priests, okay? We're talking about the high priest and two other priests assisting him, who coincidentally happened to be his sons. But it's only on the high priest that the crown is put up, up, up on top, okay, upon him, okay? Notice that we started off by seeing two, um, one bull and two rams. Now, as we go on, we're going to see that these bull and rams are supposed to take the place of sacrifice of Aaron and his two sons. In other words, God is not demanding that Moses kills Aaron or his two sons as an offering to God. Those animals we just read are going to represent them, okay? That's why we have those animals and then we have the two sons there, all right? All right, I want you to hold that in mind, okay? When it was Jesus, Jesus actually went and died himself. He didn't go offering any animal on his behalf because the Bible says that God was no longer, was not satisfied with bulls and goats and he, God himself prepared himself a body so he himself would come and die for us. That's found in the book of Hebrews. So um, I know that this, this evening, this is a bit technical. It might be a bit boring, but this is actually the bone of understanding. You need to have this bone of understanding so you can understand the rest of scripture. Okay, because without this understanding here, you really can't understand and decipher the meaning of the Christ and his work and his work in your life. Okay, so here now we're going to go to Exodus chapter 29, verses 10 to 14. And we're going to just take a look strictly at the bull, just at the bull here. And we take it from verse 10. It says, And thou shalt cause a bullock, bullock to be brought before the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of the bullock, and thou shalt kill the bullock before the Lord by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Notice here, it's the bullock that, or the bull that is killed, not Aaron. When it was in the Christian, when it was in the New Testament, there wasn't a bull that was killed. It was the high priest himself, Jesus Christ, which means Aaron is a priest for one order, while Jesus is a priest for a totally different order. In the order that Aaron was a priest for, you could give pigeons, you could give goats, you could give rams, you could give bulls. But in this new order established by God through Jesus Christ, the sacrificial animals or the sacrificial beings are human beings. Now. No one human being 
can take another human being and say you're sacrificing that human being to God. That's absurd. God himself comes to the conscience and the soul of a human being and says, I need your life. That means he's going to take you and now use you for his work, maybe for his ministry, maybe for any other thing, okay? And that's how it's done. No one takes that call upon themselves, okay? God calls you and pulls you and makes you a priest, and now you say, I have given my life to Christ. You always hear people say, I've given my life to Christ. But the truth is, they haven't really given anything because it's not you that make up your mind to give your life. It is God that comes and says, I want your life, okay? All right, I don't want to go into details, but I'm trying to, to help you put these things together. Okay, let me continue. In verse 12, And thou shalt take the blood of the bullock and put it upon the horns of the altar with thy finger and pour all the blood inside the bottom of the altar. And thou shalt take all the fat that covered the inwards and the cow that is above the liver and the two kidneys and the fat that is upon them and burn them upon the altar. But the flesh of the bullock and his skin and his dung shall not burn with fire outside the camp. It is a sin offering. So watch here. The bullock is killed, okay? But its blood is poured upon the altar. Its flesh, okay, is taken outside and burned outside. What does that mean? What is that symbolic of? It means that our flesh, not was not our physical flesh, but our fleshly nature is not acceptable to God. And when Jesus was crucified, he's telling us that he gave his earthly flesh, his earthly blood, his, he gave his earthly being for this world, okay? That was given to this world. Notice it's the inside of the bull that is taken to the altar. The outside of the bull is burnt. And it's not just burnt inside the tabernacle. It's burnt outside. It's taken outside, all right? And it's burnt with fire outside the camp, all right? Which means that Christ has given his own flesh, his own body, you know, as a sacrifice to those of us who are outside. For those, sorry, for those of us who are outside, okay? I hope you're following here. Because all this thing you're reading here is about Jesus Christ. Don't let anybody deceive you. This whole Bible is written about Jesus Christ. Every single thing, that every single story that you read about in the Old Testament is about the life of Jesus Christ and his church, okay? Now, in Exodus chapter 29, verses 15 to 22, okay, this is where it's now going to be about the rams. We finished talking about the bull. Now we're going to talk about the rams. And as like I said, much later, we're going to talk about the lambs, okay? So for now, we're talking about the rams. We've already spoken about the bull or bullock, all right? Verse 15 says, Thou shalt also take one ram, and Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of the ram. Notice that Aaron and his sons did that before on the bull. Why did they put their hands on the bull, and now they're putting their hands on this ram? It's because they're transferring their sins from themselves and the sins of the people of Israel from themselves onto those Animals. So those animals are symbolically now taking the sins 
of Aaron, his sons, and all the children of Israel. Verse 16, And thou shalt slay the ram, and thou shalt take his blood, and sprinkle it round upon the altar. And thou shalt cut the ram in pieces, and wash the inwards of him, and his legs, and put them into his pieces, and unto his head. And thou shalt burn the whole ram upon the altar. It is a burnt offering unto the Lord. It is a sweet savor, an offering made by fire unto the Lord. So notice this ram, they're not eating it. They're not getting any part of it. The whole thing is going to the Lord, just like we saw happen with the bull. Okay, good. Verse 19. And thou shalt take the other ram. Notice now the second ram. And Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of this ram. Okay? Verse 20. Then shalt thou kill the ram and take of his blood and pour it upon the tip of the right ear of Aaron. Notice we didn't do that with the first ram. The first ram, everything about his blood, everything went to God. This one now, his blood is being put upon the right ear of Aaron. Why the ear? The ear is symbolic of what? What you listen with. So now the blood is going to cause you and I to be able to hear the voice of God. Before the blood of Jesus came, you and I didn't have an ear to hear God. But now we're going to receive an ear to hear God. Okay? All right, so let me continue. I'll start verse 20 again. Then shalt thou kill the ram and take his blood and put it upon the right ear of Aaron and upon the tip of the right ear of his sons and upon the thumb of the right hand and upon the great toe of their right foot and sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about them. Now, why on the thumb? Because the thumb is a part of your hands. Okay, it represents your works. Why the feet? Why the, why the big toe? Because a part of your feet, which is what represents your walk in Christ, your way, okay? Verse 21, And thou shalt take of the blood that is upon the altar and of the anointing oil and sprinkle it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons and upon the garments of his sons with him. And it shall be hallowed and his garments and his sons and his sons' garments with him. What does hallowed mean? Hallowed means to be set apart, to be made holy, okay? And notice it says, And thou shalt take the blood that is upon the altar and the anointing oil and sprinkle upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons, okay? What is the anointing oil? The anointing oil is the Holy Ghost, okay? That is why it says, once you do this, it will make them hallowed, okay? So here you're seeing a foreshadowing of what comes after the death and the sacrifice of the of the of the of the lamb of the ram of the bull the next thing is you're anointed with oil which means you receive the holy ghost this is a prophecy of what is to come later okay all right verse 21 sorry verse 22 also thou shalt take of the ram the fat and the rump and the fat that covered the inwards and the call above the liver and the two kidneys and the fat that is upon them and the right shoulder for it is a ram of consecration, okay? So, we have looked here now and we have seen that there were two rams, and one ram was killed, the blood was poured on the altar of God that went to God, and after that, the ram was burned to ashes and nobody could eat any of it. Now we came and we saw a second ram, 
that the same thing was done to it, but the blood of this lamb, of this ram, wasn't put on the on the things of the altar. It was put on Aaron and his sons, which means, just like you read in, you might have read in the book of Hebrews, that Jesus took his own blood and went to the heavenly altar of God and poured it on the blood. In the book of Hebrews, you see it says everything in the heavenly tabernacle was was tampered with by the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, that's what the Apostle Paul or the writer of the book of Hebrews tells us. Okay, all right. So let's continue here. Now we come to the lambs. Remember we spoke about the ram? No, sorry, we spoke about the bull. There's just one bull. And I said that was symbolic of Jesus because it represented Aaron. Okay, then we talked, looked at the two, we took, looked at the two rams, which were symbolic of Aaron's two sons. Okay, the high priests. Oh, sorry, the priests. Aaron was the high priest. Now we're looking at two lambs. And these two lambs are for what? They're for all of Israel. They're for all the people. Okay? And we're going to read now and see what God says about the lambs. Okay? Now, verse 30, and this is from Exodus chapter 29, verses 38 to 43. That's Exodus chapter 29, verses 38 to to 43 it says now this is that which thou shalt offer upon the altar two lambs of the first year day by day continually the one lamb thou shalt offer in the morning and the other lamb thou shalt offer at evening verse 40 and with one lamb a tenth deal of flour mingled with the fourth part of an hen of beaten oil and the fourth part of an hen of wine for a drink offering. Verses 41. And the other lamb thou shalt offer at evening, and shall do there so according to the food or meat offering of the morning, and according to the drink offering thereof, for a sweet savor and offering made by fire unto the Lord. So basically what God is saying here is there are going to be two lambs, one which you sacrifice in the morning and another which you sacrifice in the evening. And whatever it is you do to the morning lamb is what you're going to do to the evening lamb. Okay? Verse 42. This shall be a continual offering throughout your generation at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, where I will meet you to speak there unto thee. And there I will meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. So we see that this offering here is for the children of of Israel. And this is why when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he referred to Jesus as the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Okay? All right. So friends, I know that was a little bit too technical, but it has to be there for the record. It has to be there for the record so that you can go back, you can go open your own scriptures. And I want you, I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to go open your own Bible. Look for Exodus chapter 29. I skipped some parts that I didn't think were necessary at this point for what we're teaching, which had to do more with the, you know, the, the foods, the drinks, you know, the wave of the bread and all of that. You'll see that there, which is fine. I want you to study all of that, read all of that. Okay. But concentrate on the things that we looked at just now. And remember that I have told us that Jesus is the king. 
Then in the church, he has what is called the elect, a select group of people who will rule with him. And that was represented by what the, 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 there in, in the book of Exodus was referred to as the sons of Aaron, those two witnesses, so to speak. Then there was the rest of Israel. So you see the three categories of sacrifice. The bull, which was symbolic of the offering of Christ. Christ is the bull. Then there were the two rams, which were symbolic of the offering of the elect. Then there's the third category, which were the two lambs, which is symbolic of the offering of the rest of the church. So you see here there's a hierarchy, a three-stage hierarchy, just like there were three courts to the temple, three courts to the tabernacle, okay? The outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies, okay? Now, I want you to see the symbolism so that once you begin to understand these things, as we go further, as we begin to study more and more, you're going to see more of these symbolisms and you begin, the Old Testament will come alive to you. Okay, so people won't come anymore and start deceiving you and telling you Jesus is coming to build a temple in Jerusalem and they're going to be offering sacrifices there every day to the Messiah. You're not going to buy into all of these, all of these myths, unfounded myths. Okay, Jesus has given a sacrifice. The Bible says sacrifice once for all, once for all. There's no more sacrifice to be given. It's it actually, it's actually not just a sin, it is the worst rebellion that you could ever share, that you go about telling people that someday in Jerusalem, Jesus is going to come and rebuild the temple and start offering sacrifices there. For what? Isn't the blood of Jesus Christ satisfactory enough for God? I'm asking the Christians who peddle this nonsense. The time has come for you to wake up out of this. You have yourself to blame. You don't have anyone else to blame because the truth has come to you now. You've received the truth of the word of God. Okay? I understand that prior to now, we didn't know. We were all, you know, being taken for a ride. But now that time has passed. And now it's time for us to concentrate on what really matters and not on those little petty, petty things. Okay? We need to begin to keep our mind focused now so that we can be found worthy to be in the government that he will establish here, okay? Man, you need to go see what Paul wrote about some of these practices, okay, that many of us want to go back into. No, it's time for us to come out of those things. These things you just studied tonight, what you just looked in the book of Exodus 29, you will do yourself a great disservice if after this video, you just turn it off and go back about your own business and you don't look for a Bible or open, get on your phone, all phones now have Google where you can go and look, look up the Bible and search and study these things right now, okay? And you begin yourself. Don't be lazy waiting for someone else to come and do all this work for you. You go and begin to look for how, where, where these things are pointed to Jesus Christ and where they're pointed to the church, okay? And that way you can be able to see the vision and the plan for God of God for you, okay? And it will be clear to you, all right? Pray that God gives you understanding, and he will. Well, friends, I want to thank you once more for your time. I know this has been very technical, but I think I've pointed us in the direction, okay? If anything wasn't clear, then play this video again, because I did my best to try to make it clear to us. Ask the Holy Ghost for understanding, but play the video again until you understand clearly, okay, what is being said here, all right? 
So please share these videos with your family and friends. Like I often say, share it with your friends, share it on different platforms, share the audios, share the videos, okay? And don't forget to like our page. If there's a subscribe button over here at the bottom, okay, with the bell icon also for notification, I want you to hit the subscribe button and I also want you to hit the notification bell so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos, okay? Go to Facebook and look for our handle, uh, Emerging Temple, and there you can watch all our old videos, okay? You can like them and share with your friends through Facebook, okay? And then YouTube there, please feel free to comment, you know, send a comment, you know, through the chat section of the YouTube videos. I love to interact with you and engage with you, okay? Now, if you want to support us, which we encourage you to do, you can go to patreon.com, go to patreon.com and type in our handle, Emerging Temple, Emerging Temple, and they'll be able to, you know, support us with as little as a dollar a month if that's what you need, so we can have equipment, you know, to keep this, you know, on the air, etc. Also, you can visit our website, www.templeoftruth.us. That's templeoftruth.us, and you can support us through that, um, um, that medium. Okay, and one more reminder, we're now broadcasting on online radio through most of your popular um, online radio outlets like Spotify, Google Music, as well as Apple iTunes, and, and many more, by the way. If you want to find out what other uh, ra online radio uh, outlets we have, visit our website, templeoftruth.us, and you should see a link there to all of them. All right? So this is Michael Obeyer. It's been fun talking to you again. I thank you for your patience. I thank you for those of you who love the Lord and you're you know, plugging into this. Don't keep me a stranger. Share these videos with your family and friends. Like I said, spread around the world because the time has come for this gospel to come into the hearts of men and women. God bless you. Goodbye.